Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while Hi, it's Jackie Cation and you are listening to The Dork Forest. The website's JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com thedorkforest.com if you like a determiner. Let's do the credits. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio and video. Vilmos works on JackieCation.com. And Mike Rickberg uh, sang the song with his wife, Sarah. He composed it, and he will sing his version of the Mexican hat dance at the end of this show. Thank you so much for listening to The Dorks Forest. Here's a scoop. I'm doing stand-up online. A lot of Zoom shows will eventually go back on the road. Sign up for my email list. It's easy to get off. It's harder to get on than it is to get off. And no harm, no foul, if ever bored. JackieCasia.com. Sign up for the email list. You'll find out about my weekly Zoom shows and stand-up on the road eventually. You may donate to the show if you would like. I would like. Sure, I would. There's PayPal, Jackie at JackieCation.com, and there is a PayPal button on both DorkForest.com and JackieCation.com, and there's Venmo, if you like Venmo, Jackie-Cation, oddly enough. If you have listened to all of the shows, go to DorkForest.Bandcamp.com, I think. The Dork Forest has a Bandcamp page. You can listen to a, but a lot of ones that are free from pre 2000 nine when I started pre-recording and uh, then there's a live episodes that cost me a couple of bucks. So I charge you a couple of bucks. There's also some stand up. There's a story uh, album. That's very exciting there. And um, other than that, I have a lot of merch in my garage. Feel free to order if you know anybody who doesn't have any CDs or the DVD. And uh, you can follow me everywhere at Jackie Cation. Let's get into the show. Hi, Jackie Cation. I'm in my uh, garage. Yeah, I'm in my garage, and with me, Kate Gaffney, you guys, and it's at the Kate Gaffney. The is spelled like the, Kate spelled like Kate, and then Gaffney is spelled G-A-F-F-N-E-Y, but it's at the Kate Gaffney on all the things. So it's the thekategaffney.com, and then at the Kate Gaffney on the rest of it, right? That's everything. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Welcome to the Dork Forest, Kate Gaffney. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And I have, I, I love calling you the OG because you are. And, you know, I've heard a lot of comics claim that the podcast space, like they started it or they were in it first. I'm like, no, Jackie Cation did, y'all. Been <laughs> I've been doing it for a long time. Uh, J- Jimmy Pardo likes to remind people that he started uh, four months before me. And uh, <laughs> and Mark Barron uh, has never said this, but I feel it, that he's been more successful at it. Well, that's so, uh, so sad too bad. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. matter. You're doing it for that reason. Got to just keep going. That's right. And, um, there's a fly in my garage and I hate it because it's been here for hours (laughs) and I've tried to fix it and it won't die. (laughs) And, oh, now it's on the spout of my water pitcher. Well, guess (laughs) what's happening next? I'll be washing the water pitcher. Okay. Um, it's angry. Kate Gaffney yes, is uh, an actor and a writer and a podcaster. You have a podcast called Service from Hell. That's I right. just did it. Yes, thank you. It was great. When will yeah. that when will that go up? Uh, that will, you're actually this Monday's guest. So this coming Monday is August. I'm slowing down because I have to cheat and look. I believe it is August the 9th. 
And so you are August the 9th guest. Right. Oh, yeah. And you are a week from Tuesday's Dork Forest guest. So Look at that. people will have had a week to listen to it. And then they'll hear this and go, service from hell. And it's essentially all of those jobs that I had um, before I did stand-up or while I was doing stand-up and a bunch of stories about that. Yeah, and you hold the distinction of being the person with the most jobs in T-shirts that I have ever had on or any sort of, I guess that would count as retail. So, yeah, those stories oh, were... so much retail. Yeah, it's yeah, a lot of retail. a lot of retail and T-shirts. It's why I didn't want to sell T-shirts in stand-up for so long because I was like, I've been in t-shirt sales for too long, I can't possibly sell more t-shirts. But then I realized that I would like to make the money. Turns out. But that is also why I use union made t-shirts. And it's also why I uh, am super weird about the designs and how they can't be lame. I love that. I, I have to only have t-shirts that I would be willing to wear. That's really clever. And when you say union made, you mean like truly like made on this soil. Yeah. Made in the United States uh, in Arkansas. The weirdly enough, the screen printing uh, place where I get them screen printed. So the shirts are union made. The screen printing is not union made. So I uh, I know that there are union screen printers out there. I have yet to find them mm. uh, because, um, but they but I know that the unions, like the Teamsters Union, has T-shirts, and they have to get them union made at a union made screen printer. Otherwise, there would be some backlash. I wonder why. Uh, gee, <laughs> and uh, so, but I haven't, uh, I haven't yet found. But the the screen printing place I go to is a pretty good one. It's in Alabama, and the t-shirts are are made in Arkansas. That's lovely, and you're so, being consistent. I try to try to support the locals. I'm willing to, as the joke goes, I'm willing to wear clothing made by toddlers. <laughs> I'm unwilling to sell clothing made by toddlers. So. so. That's oh where we're God. at. That's too Maybe real. That. Way too, too real. Too real. Pretty real. <laughs> Talk to me about now your dorkdom. It's another musical dorkdom. Look yes. forward to it, Rangers. I don't know anything about music. <laughs> uh, Stevie Wonder. That's right. And, you know, I felt a little weird about bringing it up because I want to be clear that this is appreciation and not appropriation. And I grew up with him. Ooh. And so I just want to make it very clear that I am not in any way trying to say that I have any idea about the experience, literally just talking about the music. So, uh, Since I don't know, I can't even name a Stevie Wonder song. <gasps> My heart. And yet I have heard, I know a Stevie Wonder songs, right? Yes. I get, I get him mixed up with another it isn't okay. I'm not even going to say who I get a big If you say Ray Charles, people. I'm going to throw my computer out the window. I do. I do not. Wait. Were, they were both blind. Though, Accurate. Right? They both were. I only know they're, that they were blind because of stand-up comedy. And they are <laughs> the blind guys that people talk about when they make jokes about blind guys. Oh my God. It isn't okay. <laughs> nope. That's all I know. Okay. So, Stevie Wonder. Yeah, well, I'm about to blow your mind with this shitload of facts because um, <laughs> here we go. Yes, you are. Yes. So, um, initially, so I'm not allowed, I'm not supposed to say that I like Stevie Wonder because he was born in Saginaw, Michigan, and I'm originally from Ohio. And Ohio and Michigan, as you will know, have a longstanding football uh, interaction that is never positive. And so... Oh, right, right. Yeah. Right. So if you're in Ohio and you make any sort of nod to the allegiance to the state above Ohio, uh, people will come for you. So I just want to be clear. Shut up, everybody, <laughs> because Stevie Wonder is magical. Uh, it's music. It isn't football. Thank you. You should 
It's a right. false it equivalent. It can't possibly matter. It, what it's... famous musicians are from Ohio? Oh, huh? I should know the this. The Who? Wasn't there some sort of stampede with the Who in Ohio? <laughs> Probably. Was it? I don't know. <laughs> My friend Chuck plays the guitar, so there's that. I mean, there's you know, there's people from Ohio doing right, stuff. You should be the biggest Chuck fan in the world. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but Stevie Wonder from Michigan. Yes, and he was born in 1950, and his original name, and I, I actually just learned this like a couple weeks ago, was actually Steveland Judkins, and um, a Motown. Steve Land. Uh, yeah, accurate. Yeah. Nice. Isn't that yeah? And yeah, and, um, a Motown executive was like. Mm, we can't use that. So how about Stevie? <laughs> so anybody ever call you Stevie? Yeah. And, uh, and, and his last name was Lugland. What was it? Judkins, J-U-D-K-I-N-S. And so, Judkins. yeah. And, and that same executive, or it might've been a group of executives, who knows, but the, the urban legend is that like that a Motown executive was like, how about wonder? And just literally came with, came up with that and the irony of okay. it being wonder. So you know, I mean, and it's the, a, and it was it was a golden age of changing people's names. One hundred percent. Everybody had a stage name. That was a real right. thing. And so and, and how old was he when he changed it to that? Well, he was discovered at 11 and his first album came out at 13. So probably between those ages, I don't know the exact age. Isn't that nuts? So He's, like 1960, 62. Yeah. Right around then. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. So he okay. was signed. Yeah, because he was a child. Pro they called him a musical prodigy, which they credit to the fact that. So he, as we've mentioned, Ray Charles, he and Ray Charles were both blind. But Ray Charles, he became blind at the age of seven from um, like a I forget. It was like a glaucoma, juvenile glaucoma or something like that. And so uh -huh. he had sight up until the age of eight. But Stevie Wonder was born uh, six weeks premature. And then the oxygen in the incubators oh. overexposed his eyes. And so it detached his retinas and made his eyes stop growing. So part of why he wears sunglasses is like, like Ray Charles has still has the rounded shape of the eye. Yeah. And Stevie yeah. Wonder has a concave um, situation. Is Stevie Wonder still alive? He is. Yeah. Ray Charles okay. is not, but Stevie Wonder still is. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's 71. Okay. And listen, we're going to, we're going to meet and he's going to divorce Tamika. No offense, Tamika. But like, he's definitely going to divorce her. And then he's going to be like, hey, Gaffney, I've been waiting for you because he is my <laughs> first and biggest crush of my whole life. And so, really? oh, yeah, still. Yeah. People I used to. Because you're 11. Yeah. <laughs> you're 11 right now. I love you. And uh, he's got to be 40 years older than you. Yeah, right? he is. He's, he's yeah. 71. And he um, he so he would come on on the oldies channel. 103.5 in Cincinnati. What up? All those DJs. Sure. That was <laughs> we would listen to that in the car. We'd rock to it. So I really liked a lot of Christopher Cross and like Stevie Wonder growing up and thought it was very, I thought it was like, doesn't everyone listen to these amazing jams? And all of my friends sure. were like, no, we're listening to New Kids on the Block. Like, no, this is right. not yeah. for us. So I fell in love with him then through the music. And so I would just tell my mom and dad over and over, oh, I'm going to marry him. Like, I'm going to marry Stevie Wonder. And I would get hot. If you told me or if they told me, if anyone told me, if they giggled and just, you know, brushed it off as like a childhood, whatever. Oh, straight face over here. Jordan Forrest. No, dead serious. Appreciate you. you. OK, thank yeah. you for supporting that yeah. vision. And I'm, I'm respecting. Thank you. Dreams. Appreciate you and appreciate the fans for doing the same. And yeah, I would get real hot. And so I would be told like, OK, yeah, whatever. So long story. I was, I had a cough and I decided I needed way more Robitussin than I did need. I found it in the closet. I drank it all. And of course I had to go to the ambulance. I was very drunk. I was very young. 
And I kept repeating, this is how they knew I was drunk. I just kept telling everyone that I needed to see Stevie, see Stevie Wonder. I was going to marry him. Like, where was he? These were my drunken how thoughts. How old were you? I think I was six. I was very, very young. <laughs> so That's little. That's yeah. little. Yeah, little yeah. to be drinking and little to be super in love with someone like four times my age. So Yes. And yes. The, the EMTs thought it was cute and funny and I got mad. Mm-hmm. I was like, again, folks, again, this is a real, I'm making a statement. I'm not, this isn't a wish. This is a declaration. So, right. <laughs> yeah. It's very well upset. Played. <laughs> yeah. So that was like, I think that my obsession only became further hammered in because I'm sure as, as you know, listeners of the dork force and some people that you have on have said, you know, when people resist this thing that like makes your heart beat, you get defensive of it because you're like, sure. well, you just don't get it. So I'm not wrong. You're wrong. And so my obsession just, we, we went further down the rabbit hole and then he actually hasn't released an, a studio album of new songs since 2005 He's had like a okay. couple of Christmas albums since then, but he hasn't, nothing new has been generated and he's still, isn't that nuts? And, but he's still part of the zeitgeist and he's still sort of, you know, right. he was, they, he co-wrote a song with Ariana Grande for sing. He was on Travis Scott's album. Um, oh, I can't think of the name of it. So um, he's still working. Yeah. He's just hasn't, what, is he a singer songwriter yes. or was he doing other people's work? It, so it's a mix. In the now, beginning. In the beginning, he was because he was so young. So his first album, which um, did not do well, but was released uh, between I think between the ages of 11 and 13. And I I wish I could remember, but I can't. But it was it was his first album and it was called Little or uh, no, not Little Stevie Wonder. It was called The Jazz Soul of Little Stevie Wonder of Little Stevie. Sorry, The Jazz Soul of Little Stevie. And that is that album had fingertips on it. And you don't since you said you don't really know any of his songs. That that is one of his most prolific songs. If you heard it, you would be like, "Oh, yeah, I, I've heard that, that song, song before." Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's a cover of a, a jazz classics. Were they were they sort of? It was him. So these were songs he was apparently writing, but he wasn't singing. So it was just melodic, uh, like music oh, writing. Instrumentals. Yes, instrumental. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Yes. And so it did just okay because they also realized this he should be singing because he was essentially a one-man band for a really long time because he can play like 800 things including the drums we know him for the harmonica but he can play you know the piano the drums the i think it's called a clarivet not a clarinet but a clarivet and like a bunch of just random the organ like he can just play a bunch of stuff and they actually credit that to the fact that he never had sight they think um, he he and Ray Charles released an album together and Ray Charles was like, oh, I look up to you. You know, you're so good. And Stevie's like, uh, you're you're actually my guy. I look up to you. And they, <laughs> the conversation is credited with saying like, well, Ray Charles had sight at some point And so probably was actually not as prolific of a musician because they credit not being able to see as heightening your um, auditory senses and allowing okay. you to tune into music better. So, right. Obviously, but they were a mutual admiration society anyway, yes. the two of them. Yes. Yeah. And and the album was called tribute, like, tribute to Uncle Ray and it's like if you call somebody your uncle, like that's Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. That's your guy. Um sure. so it was like mutual respect for the two dudes who can't see and I'm sure there's a joke in there somewhere. But Right. Um, right. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. But they so because of his prolific understanding of music and keep in mind I am not saying this as a joke. I just think it's important to remember 
it's not like he could read notes and then associate them with a button on the piano or, you know, whatever he was playing. It was all literally playing everything by by ear. That's it. Yes. Yeah. And that's That's huge. Crazy. It's crazy. I can't. I mean, some people are gifted in that way. Like I'm sort of more of an auditory learner, but if you told me I had to learn every incident or instrument just by listening to other people play it, I'd jump off a bridge. I couldn't do that. So how did, so he, uh, he wrote music yeah. and then did he write it in Braille or did he play it and then someone transcribed it? I wonder. I have only read the play and transcribe, but I am sure I am sure that he was also, you know, he didn't have someone next to him 24 seven. That's a great, that's a great thing to fact check that I am not. Yeah. I don't know off the top That's of my interesting. head. That's interesting. It's a, yeah. because, you know, he's also like everything I've ever seen him in. And they were talking commercials. Hi. Uh, <laughs> so like he's usually selling something. Sure. And or I've seen interviews. I think I saw an interview with him on uh, the Dick Cavett show. OK. Like I've seen him pl- and he's been on Johnny Carson. Right. Like I think when I was growing up. I saw him on a lot of talk shows, sure. you know, sort of like Conan or Fallon or whatever. And, um, and he would play, but he would also do panel. And he, he clearly was educated. I mean, like, because the thing about the blind, which I don't know anything about the blind either is, but except for the, they're not dumb. They're just blind. Right. Out. I mean, yeah. they could be taught any number of things. Oh, weird. Uh, <laughs> Right. And I, I've always wanted to be able to, um, to read Braille just because I think it would be harder to learn Braille if I were blind than if I learned it now Sure, and had association. Yeah. There's truth to that. It's the same with, um, I have a couple friends who are fully deaf and they can read lips so acutely. And, you know, that's a skill that I've tried and I can sort of do it. But I think when you have to, when you, when you don't have another option, you're just going to get good at that thing or you're going to suffer. Right. Because you'll have to, you have to, you know, and, you know, like if I were interviewing Stevie Wonder right now, I would ask him if you read any fiction (laughs) and I would want to (laughs) know, you know, because I, I actually now, now I just kind of want to figure out what the different, because I was studying Morse code a little bit uh, on, in, in quarantine, sure. trying to figure out how to do Morse code. Um, it fell by the wayside pretty quickly. <laughs> We're talking three days. But, uh, but it was an interesting, like, yeah, I had a lot of downtime when we were in lockdown. You so, did? Uh, Weird. <laughs> Just you. And anyway, so that was his first album, and he had, he had written the music for that. Yeah. And back to your what you were mentioning about the Braille. So there are I had a piano teacher. I'm horrifying at piano. Nobody, please don't call me a piano player. I'm not. But she had little stickers that you could put on the keys, the individual keys that actually were the Braille equivalent. So ABC, whatever you would feel it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's an interesting. So you could know what the note is that you're hitting. You're like, oh, that's a C Mm -hmm. and that's middle C. Mm hmm. And it yeah. would have whatever the dots are that would require yeah. him to know that or anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, cool. I would assume, you know, if my piano teacher in my small town had that, I would imagine, you know, Stevie might have had keys that were made into it as opposed to the, you know, the stickers that we had access to. Yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, so his first album, you know, written came out when he was 11, but it, it, there was a, there was heat around him because also at this time, you know, with, with Motown, it was the resurgence of black music being able to be performed by black performers. It wasn't the era of, you know, what we would now look at as like Elvis, for example, has been accused of taking, you know, a lot of soul music and making it his own and presenting it as if it were music from a white person, whereas Motown represented, no, black people get to perform the music they are actually writing and creating. Yeah. Yeah. And And, uh, instead of just making it popular with with popular white singers, which was all through, I think, the, the, you know, from Jelly Roll Morton on through the 50s. So, yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And so he sort of represented the stepping it. He was not the first. I don't want to misrepresent this. He was not the, nor was he the only. But he, because of his age, because, you know, it's so interesting. Right. He also got the freak show vote because he was a prodigy. He was 100%. an 11-year-old gifted child. Who was yeah. blind. <laughs> so it was like. Right. Who, who was also black. So Motown was like, we Let's want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What can we sell? First, we're changing your name. Next. <laughs> so <laughs> Next up, you are adorable and gifted. Let's yeah. see what we could do. Very handsome. Yeah. yeah. And like because of when he started and the age that at which he started, he's had 30 albums in his discography, which now what? as artists or as people in 2021, we would think, well, sure, you know, Ariana Grande and Taylor Swift released two albums each during quarantine. They just hypersped wow. into space. And that is not, you know, 30 albums is not considered that crazy. But when you look at press, pouring, promo, all the things you have to do for each album, if you can even pump out one every two years, that's crazy and amazing. And wow, you're really doing it. And especially at the time when he started and considering his age, although there probably weren't a ton of child labor laws, you know, at the time, but he, you know, cause in 1961, he was first in the studio. And so that's, mm-hmm. you know, the, the ability to keep pumping stuff out, but also the fact that he stopped, I mean, he's since released um, individual sing- singles and stuff and people okay. have, you know, ripped some of his music and he's been part of that experience. So it's not like, it's not like he fell into obscurity and moved into a house in the mountains and was like, that's a wrap. I'm done. Right. It is to, it is incredible to me that an artist can have the last full body of work that they presented as new to the world was 16 years ago. I mean, that's, that's nuts to me. And right. I think that that is, it just speaks to, the prolific, I mean, it's why it's so the reason I bring that up is because so he's he's had 30 albums, but he could mm-hmm. have had in theory, he could have 40 plus because he stopped right. releasing full albums. Right. He could have done another seven albums every two years. Right. For the last 15 years. Right. And um, but the fact that he put out 30 albums in what was obviously 40 years. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and how many of them were hits? I mean, how many of them did well? So he, so his first number one song was at the age of 13 off of that album, the, um, the jazz soul of little Stevie. That was that fingertip song. That was his very first number one. And then he, since then, I think, did I write it down? I'm certain I made a note of how many he's had. He's well, he sold over a hundred million albums. He has 22 Grammys and he got, uh, he got an Academy Award for Best Original Song for this song called The Woman in Red. 
And that's a terrible song. It's so bad. <laughs> but <laughs> it's not your favorite song of Stevie Wonder's? Probably how I should Let's say it. Let's just say it's, that. Yes, it is not my favorite. But hell, it won an Academy Award and it was, you know, I mean, he wrote the right. score for that film. So whatever. Yeah. He can, Does he know. have a Tony? Is he a goat? I looked Does and I have... don't see a Tony for him. I thought he would no be. Tony? But no Tony. Not that uh, I found. He's got time. Yeah. He's got time. Listen, and, he's doing uh, great. <laughs> he's doing great. At 71, he's still crushing it. Um, right. But as far as how many number ones, I don't think I made a note of that. He's had so many. I will say um, that song, the song Superstition, you have for sure heard that very. Well, that well, even sounds not. familiar. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've you've heard it. When did he start singing his own work? His next the album after the little the I'm going to I have to keep looking at the name of it because I, I don't know why my brain yeah, yeah, does no not worries. want to remember the, the jazz soul of little Stevie, but it keeps escaping my brain. So that after that right. first album. Then he started singing and okay. everything after that was like rocket ship to he the just moon. just blew up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Songs from the key. Did he of, ever write a song about rocket ships? Um, he should. No. I don't remember hearing it. I think he let Elton John Because he do was that. clearly on one. Yeah. Uh, to the stars. <laughs> popularity wise. should have. Write him a note if you can get in touch with him. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And his most successful album of all time was called so- or is called Songs in the Key of Life, but that was released in 1976. And that album, like they that had it was it was it's considered. So he does this. This is par- part of why I absolutely absolutely love him is that he does albums that actually tell a story and want to be commentary on sort of uh, the situation as it stands, and. He's not credited with being sort of the first artist to do that, but he is credited with being one of the first to hold hold that to sort of the standard because that he was able to talk about and is still able to talk about so many things about like because it's 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 called a concept album, but he can talk about so many things okay. that are like you know, in relation to just being a black man in this country, being an artist in this country, being, you know, he has so many different lanes and he has. Okay. So, so did he mostly write concept albums after? So, um, the, the songs in the key of life was a concept album and subsequent to that. Yes, he did. It was mostly concept albums. And if he didn't do a full top to bottom concept album, he would do concept songs to speak about, whatever was sort of happening in the moment and apartheid. That's kind of amazing. Oh, it's he I did mean, an apartheid song. He so does. what was uh, songs of the key of life? What was the concept? What was, what was it about? He, so it was a commentary on the country at the time. And since it came out in 1976, it was a, so it was a huge, it's a discography of like, I think it ends up being four records, two CDs. It's huge. And there's, wow. there's so many songs on it. And he, it took two years to develop and he's commenting on sort of the, the state of the world, but more specifically the state of the United States in relation to race relations. And that sort of became his, uh, that became his, um, I guess his, his, I don't want to say what's, what's the right word. Um, it's his jumping off point for concept albums going forward was dealing with Okay. And it was, it was, it was definitive and, um, it looks like there's 21 songs out yeah. there. Yeah, it's a really long album. Wow. Mm-hmm. How is Have a Talk with God? Um, so I don't know that. I mean, I've never even That sounds like an awesome title. Yeah, it's 
I can say that top to bottom, that album, if you listen to it, much like if you listen to uh, Kendrick Lamar has an album called Damn, and that's, I think it's the same level of prolific. And if you listen to it, songs one to 11, I can't remember how many songs he has on it. It's like, it tells the story of going to hell. And then if you listen to it in reverse, it tells the songs, it does songs going to heaven. Stevie Wonder's albums don't necessarily flow in that way of storytelling or in conceptually. but. I after songs in the key of life, I, the only other album that I was like, holy crap, this is amazing was um, th- well, for once in my life came out before then that one I love. But there was an album. I have to look up the name of it um, in square circle, which I also love. That is I don't believe that's a concept album, but that one was also great. But after songs in the key of life, it was kind of like I don't. <sighs> you know, I didn't really kind of fell off. And to answer your question about like that song, the God song specifically, I don't remember the lyrics to it specifically. Sure. But I remember if you listen to that album top to bottom and you don't skip any songs and you don't repeat or whatever, apparently it's a different experience. I have not done that. And so where he has that song probably falls in line with the song before it. The the story he's trying to tell, essentially. And so... I do remember, like, it's sort of like stand-up albums where you want to listen to the whole set. Like yes. You, 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 you make an arc, and you're telling your, you know, things you start with sort of a current, sort of more current events, and you end with a dick joke. But whatever it is, it's, <laughs> it's always, there is an arc to the journey, right? Yes. And, um, and that is, so that's one of your favorite albums of mm-hmm. his, but you... You grew up listening to sort of the greatest hits. Kind yes. Of thing, right. Yes. More so. And, and I, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to ask how, how that affected how you became a fan. Like what's the, yeah. Yeah. So it's a great question. I, so I, there were a couple songs where I, I think the reason I fell in love with him was because I was so convinced that he was singing to me. Like I was like, oh, he wrote the song for me. Like talk about a f- egoic experience with yeah. music. But I was like, thank you, Stevie. Like, yes, I am lovely. Thank you for saying that. You know, like, so <laughs> after listening to like for once in my life is my favorite song of all time of his. And then okay. Isn't she lovely falls right under there. And and so those two songs, because they were so joyful and happy, they I for sure connected that way. But my dad, um, my dad's best friend uh, was a black, black man. And I grew up spending a shitload of time in his house. And we played with his son all the time. And like his son was my first like alive person that I have in contact with crush. And so I attached he would play jazz music. (laughs) What? Who wasn't a famous musician, 40 years older than you? (laughs) Sort of your first human actual person that you liked. (laughs) My first non-alien that I was really into. (laughs) And so in his house, he would play jazz a lot, but he would also play Stevie Wonder and like all kinds of different Motown artists. Classics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so when he knew there were songs that I would like, like we would be allowed to play those particular Stevie Wonder songs. And so he would work in, you know, other songs that I might be into. He was totally right. And I ended up loving, but it was it started from listening to it, you know, on the oldies channel to having an emotional attachment to it, which I think is often in most of dorkdom, you know, if we have some sort of story of change in our life, it, you know. Yeah, the connection that you that you grew up with. And yeah. there's a reason why some people like 
Star Trek a great deal or are really into horses. You know, I yeah. mean, there's there's that emotional connection to it. So, yeah. yeah. And like and we would call him my dad's best friend. We would call him Uncle Bill because we were he was just they were very close. Yeah, and it's just one of those things where you call the guy. He's your uncle. Yeah. 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 It's a, not related, but your uncle. Yeah. yeah. But like for all intents and purposes, for sure, my uncle. And yeah. so his house, I, I think because of him, I'm only having this realization now. I'm very big on when people come over to my house or if I'm having, even if I'm just like, even if it's just one-on-one, I want music on in the background and I want it to be, you know, I'm not trying to like smooth jazz, a whole lot of elevator music in your ears. Cause no thanks. But I will have on something in the vein of the Stevie wonder lane. And I think that definitely okay. comes from uncle bill just doing the exact same thing and letting us you're do that. Cr- you're creating a welcoming ambiance Thank you. and music is part of it. I agree. I definitely and agree. that's interesting because it's absolutely never something I think about when someone comes over to the house. I'm just like, we'll get him something to eat and drink for sure. <laughs> and that's the only thing I think about. And then, um, but I, but music is something that people, you know, it just makes people feel more at home, especially if you listen to music in your house. Like some people have the TV on all the time. Sure. Other people listen to music a lot. Do you listen to music? All the when time. You're, if I'm awake, just, it's on. If I'm not listening to an amazing podcast like this, I have on music. It's the, it's, it's one or the other. You guys, uh, Kate Gaffney just uh, plugged the door forest in the middle of a sentence. Boom. So let's plug the Kate Gaffney. <laughs> it's at the Kate Gaffney. I'm talking to Kate Gaffney. She has a podcast called service from hell. Appreciate you. And it's about the service industry and different stories, uh, that different people, how, what, what's the log line? How do you plug it? Um, I usually service say, Yep. Yeah, I say um, it's customer service stories from people that are either in customer service or have the lucky fortune of getting out of customer service and all the good, bad and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. That's there you go. Yeah. So it's a super fun podcast and it's uh, the Kate Gaffney dot com. Right. We'll have links to all the things that you would might possibly want to take part in with the Kate Gaffney. Appreciate you, anyway, Jackie. So uh, keep going. Yeah. Stevie Wonder. Did so, he have siblings? Um, I don't actually know that like what's his family jam right like so, did his parents go he's he's really good get him out in the front his mom saw something in him is how it was described and there's not a lot of info that i know of or have been able to find about her specifically i'm sure someone's written like 62 books on her and i just haven't found it but sure. he his early life i think that i'm trying to look and see if it mentions his mom a lot because his he oh he was the third of five children born to Lula May Hardaway and the second of Hardaway's two children with Calvin Judkins so Steve Lynn okay. Judkins that would explain that um that's interesting so he's a middle child yes and it says but a prodigy yeah but a prodigy and when he was four his mom divorced his dad and moved them to Detroit Michigan where he sang in the choir at Whitestone Baptist Church. And so much like what's interesting is, you know, a lot of his, a lot of, a lot of singers that we can point to even now, including like Christina Aguilera and Pink and, you know, Britney Spears, they all sang in their church choirs as well. And there's something about Whitney Houston. She was a church yep. choir singer. It's a big starting off point yeah. for a lot of singers mm-hmm. in the, the church choir. That doesn't happen so much in the Armenian church. You have to uh, 
the the church choirs that I I was in the church choir. You were uh, for yeah yeah for many years. It was terrible, <laughs> and um, which is weird because I could read music, really. Uh, but the or yeah, but the organ player and we were a mess. We were a mess of, <laughs> and here let, let let me give you a sample of uh, one of the great lines. Yes. Uh, that's it. That's it. Uh, and it means something like God's on his way. It's going to all work out. Don't worry. He's coming. Uh, so yeah, it's an Armenian. And so, but the, yeah. So I think that it's in some churches, it really does, depending on who is running that church choir, yeah. you can really, especially if you encourage children, you can, you can nurture talent. You no can question. Really nurture some talent. Well, and you also, I mean, there's a shitload of breath work that you have to do in that. And you sort of learn how to, you, if you are a child and you want your voice to be recognized in this group of, in theory, really strong singers, you got to say it with your chest, like sing from that diaphragm, find it. And I think mm -hmm. that teaches you, I mean, it's sort of training for your lungs and it's training for sort of all things, but that teaches you how to utilize your breath when you're in the studio versus on stage versus in an intimate space of 30 people. You know, I think you learn. It's interesting. I hadn't. It's another connection I'm making right now. It's an interesting thing that I hadn't thought about with, you know, just learning singing in general, but specifically choir singing. That's a really interesting. Yeah. yeah. It, right. And and the, the range, you're yes. usually singing a variety of of different kinds of music. And um, yeah, so that's cool. So he was in the choir when he was four. Yes. Well, he was, when he was four, they moved and yeah, she put him in the choir and then the uh, that feels early. That feels, little. Hey, do you want to, but the good thing about the choir is you don't have to sit in the pews. Yeah. That's you can, you can spend most more time sitting. That's right. That's why I was in the choir. Hello. Uh, <laughs> you get to perform, but also you don't have to be with everybody else. It's right. Yeah. 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 And yes. the, the most uh, the the name that is also like fairly um, I would say famous and attached to Stevie Wonder is Barry Gordy, and he was one of the first uh, record executives at Motown, and he's who specifically signed Stevie Wonder and like is given credit with having discovered him. But the reality is, as is often true, it was his mom who was like, you know, I think you're good at this. I think we need to, you know, I think we need to do something with this. And so I right. think, you know, I, what's tough is that his it's sort of when you're multi-talented in the way that he is. And I think a lot of, you know, I think comics probably walk through this, too, of, you know, like when Jim Carrey wanted to transition from liar, liar to eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Everyone's like, Jesus, like you're an overacting comic. Like, what are you doing? And then he crushed it in that role. Yep. And it's like, right, mm -hmm. we contain multitudes. We're able to you know, we're, we're <laughs> right? allowed to do right. those things. And I think because he's, you know, so talented across the board in so many instruments and he can sing and he's really funny. Like he was on an episode of The Cosby Show. So he obviously he's an actor, you know, he can do all of the things. I think it can be really uh, I think it can be easy to be like, oh, well, he's that guy that just does that one thing. Just that one thing guy. Yeah. yeah. And I think we do that with artists a lot. I think we do it with comics all the time. Like, we'll just be funny. Right. It's Right, right. Just be funny. It's interesting. It's one of those, um, I think that they do it in more colleges now than they did, but they were just introducing it when I went to college, which was um, they were mixing up the, the different studies. Mm. You know, there was like a, 
I got a science credit class. It was called the history of science. That's awesome. And I needed science credit and I'm terrible at science. But if I could hear the history of science, I would learn a little bit of history. I mean, a little bit of science and a lot of history about like the, the, the scientists. It was just, it was essentially like a biography class about different scientists. And so you learn the history, the science that they came up with Copernicus and whatever, but you would also just get a good story about, you know, how they were murdered by their governments (laughs) or their churches. Right. And it's, uh, so I think that, that, you know, giving people, there are many irons in the fire and like you, you see Steve Martin plays the banjo, right. Or, a lot of these uh, actors uh, will paint and um, yeah, like I would like to also write novels. Uh, What that would mean would be me writing a novel. (laughs) What I really want is to have written a novel. (laughs) What? Anyway. So I'm tracking. tracking. (laughs) Yeah. And I I think that, you know, uh, from an art perspective, I think that he is someone who, I I think we don't recognize or it's, I, I think because maybe because I'm not in music, it's hard to know the sort of multi-generational uh, nods that artists give. And like Stevie Wonder's the beats and stuff like he's he's known for sort of downbeat, slower R&B kind of rhythm. You know, he has faster songs, but for the most part, if you think of him, you're not thinking of, you know, death metal. You're like, oh, right. This is sort of downbeat R&B. Right, that, that's the kind of music that he writes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I think, you know, his influence on you know, like I mentioned before, Travis Scott or, you know, Ariana Grande or whomever else has either sampled or you sampled either his beats or used his harmonica skills or used, you know, any of the things that we sort of know him for. I think that because of his staying power, he's been able to be featured in myriad ways of, oh, yeah, you also have this talent. Oh, you also have this. Whereas now success is so flash in the pan and it's so, you know, it's it's influencer driven, sadly, or it's, you know, it's driven by very quick, get in, get out, you get your 15 minutes, that's it, leave. When someone has the staying power that he has and the generational influence that he has, I feel like that alone is worthy of some sort of acknowledgement, you know, because I think it's, it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, Stevie Wonder, like, he's great. He's got a lot of hits. He's like, wow, he's got all these streams. He's blah, blah, blah. But I do think someone of his prolific level is that comes once in a generation. I mean, Whitney Houston, in my opinion, you know, who died way too soon, she had that. And I think there are sometimes artists who come once, sometimes once in a lifetime, but definitely once every, you know, every 10 years that you're like, holy shit. Or 50 years. Yeah. I wonder if Stevie Wonder, like in these last 15 years, if he has taken up other mediums. Well, right. That's a great question. He, um, I will say much to my forever regret and I will never get over it. And I wrote it down. I was like, I got to, I got to tell this. Oh yes. So I, um, attend or when more pre pandemic, I was attending, uh, the spiritual center called Agape and it's like, you know, it's non-denominational. It's really great. Right. Love it. Stevie wonder is friends with the head of that spiritual center, uh, Michael Beckwith. And, there Michael's mother passed away and I was going pretty regularly for a long time. And then there was this one Sunday where I was like, no, I'm good. Like I'm sleeping in. I'm not with this. I'm just, I'll watch it later or whatever. Maybe I just won't even deal with it. I get a text from a friend who was there and is like, Uh, Kate, 
you're going to walk out into traffic. And I was like, what? What's going on? And she goes, Stevie Wonder is here on the piano playing a tribute to Michael Beckwith's mother right now. And if you get in your car and come here, it will be done by the time you get here. And I was like, I'm officially going to walk out into traffic. This is the saddest <laughs> news I've ever heard Aww. in my life. Yeah. And so, but she did make up for it. I will say shout out to my friend, Natalie, who's the best. Um, she surprised me. So he does a Christmas concert because he's the fucking best at the yeah. forum in Los Angeles. Every year he does um, a toys. It's I think it's not associated with toys for tots, but he does a toy. But it's like that. It's very drive. similar. And it's a toy drive for underprivileged children or children with less access specifically in Los Angeles and kids who need toys, kids who need toys, which my God, don't we Give all them some freaking yes. Give them some toys. I'm pro toy. Quite um, honestly. Who, who yeah. isn't right. That's that's a good thing. And so he does this concert series and I think it's, I think it's just, it might just be one night, but it might be the whole weekend. I don't remember, but you bring a toy, you do the whole thing and then he plays, but he brings out, the choirs that he has gone on tour with. He brings out local LA choirs. He brings out kids. Choir. I mean, it is a spectacle. And so yeah. after I missed um, being, you know, 20 feet from him and proposing <laughs> marriage to him, which is mm -hmm. my only goal, um, my friend surprised me and she was like, ah, oh, you know, you need to clear your schedule for this like random Saturday night. And she's like, we're going to do Christmas things. And I was like, cool, that sounds great. And she's like, but you have to close your eyes and a bunch of our friends are coming. And I was like, well, does everybody have to close their eyes? And she was like, no, nah, just you. We're just doing this thing. This is your Christmas <laughs> gift. And I was like, okay. And I literally had no clue, just no idea what was happening. And I was like, and up until this point, I had never seen him live in person. And so everyone would always ask me, they're like, haven't you gone to a concert? And I'm like, no, I just haven't thought about it. I love him so much, but I just haven't, whatever. So I already, you know, I blew the lead or I, or I you already know where this is headed. We get in, right? But we get in the car, and my eyes are shut. And I'm driving. And my friend's like, "Are you sure they're?" Because I had to keep him shut for the whole ride. And she lives in Santa Monica, and Santa Monica to the Forum is not close. And so I'm like thinking that there. I just had no idea what was about to happen. So right, she's. Did there. you know what friends were going with you, or was yeah, it just? Yeah, I two saw of that you? we met at the apart at her apartment before we got okay. in the car. So like, I was like, oh, this is. It was an intimate group of people that I loved, and I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Yeah. So. We get out and my her boyfriend was like made the car pull under the like lit forum sign and made us mm -hmm. get out right there. And so mm -hmm. he like leads me out of the car and he m positions me so that where I'm standing, I, ha I he's like, you're just going to look up and then you're going to open your eyes. So I was like, this is so weird. I literally had no it's really hard to surprise me. And I had no right. idea what was happening. And so I stand there and I look up and it says the forum presents and it's like Stevie Wonder's name and it's a Christmas because I fell to my knees. I started sobbing. I was a mess. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I and they you like guys didn't, are the best. I can't yeah. believe you're doing this. And they didn't know oh, what to do. What a great present. Yeah. That's an amazing present. Yeah. And it was I mean, and it was just the best ever. And like that, you know, he was there. And granted, we were. We were not close to the stage, but it didn't matter because I was like, I got to see, you know, this dude who doesn't go on tour anymore. I got to see him. Right. I was going to ask. I was Because yeah. all he does, does he do it every year at the forum? Pre-pandemic, he was. Yeah. Okay. And now that the Raiders are going to be over kind of in that area and things are changing with that theater space, I don't really know. I don't know what the future of that will look like, but I know that yeah. um, he's got like 
charity work is a big part of sort of who he is. He, did he play like the greatest hits? Did he so, just? It's a great question. I yeah. was really sad because so I was like, all right, he'll at least play like Sign Seal Delivered. Like that's the song. I mean, everybody well, I know knows. that's you know that song. Know yeah. That song. Yeah, yeah. Like he's going to play it. He didn't play it. And I was like, <laughs> all right, that's fine. He's at least going to play. Isn't she lovely? He didn't play. He played everything else. And he played some of his oh, newer Yeah, like he played a lot of other songs that I love. And one of his newer songs is called If Your Love Cannot Be Moved. And that is, oh, that is a pristine song. Like that song is so good. And he did play that. And he brought out um, the person that he duets with on that song. And like he, so, and the choirs being there was phenomenal. And the, you know, when you get that, you know, from having sang in the choir, when everybody hits that moment together. <laughs> that is such a lovely thing for you to say. Go ahead. <laughs> You uh, muddled your way through the choir experience. <laughs> <laughs> and, but you know, when you like hit that, uh, I don't know, just I, you just get chills when you're like, oh, everybody's hitting the same note, riding the same wave. Like we have the same goal of making this experience amazing. That yeah. kept happening with the various choirs he would bring in and take out and bring in and take out. And it was just, it was, that part was unbelievable. But I kept thinking, I'm like, I ain't here for the fucking choir. I'm here for you, sir. Could you just do a solo, please? This is a lot. But no, it was, it was the best. And it was, and so since then, like with my nieces and nephew, they only know the happy birthday song as Stevie Wonder's version of the happy birthday song, because I play it every year on their birthdays. I'm like, this is the song for you. Because you know, He's singing to them. So. That is hilarious. I did not know that he has a happy birthday song version. And now I will have to look that up. Uh, I just remembered what I, what I can name. And this is not, this is not a cool Stevie wonder song. This is the most uncool Stevie wonder song. It's Ebony and Ivory. Oh, that's a great song. It's a great song, but I only, I only remember it because I remember there was some tiny scandal when someone who wanted to ruin the song said, you know, they didn't record it in the same they didn't record it as a duet in the studio. They recorded it separately in different uh, countries or something. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, they live in different countries. Uh, why wouldn't they? Uh, that, uh, and I think, he, I think Stevie Wonder was living in Barbados at the time or something. And you're like, yeah, yeah, he's going to record his part in his studio. And Paul McCartney's going to record his part in his studio. But I do love that song. That's a great, great song. song. What a what a bummer it's about that became- pianos and it's about race. What multi layered? It's like that would work on a concept album. That's crazy. <laughs> it would work on a concept album because <laughs> it's got several layers of meaning behind that song. I love a song with some meaning. Me too. And that's I think that that's like another you know it's how he uses his platform. And I feel like you know I think it can become sanctimonious if you're not careful. Like I think that as an artist you can it's very easy to dip into that like I'm a let people know kind of space. And yeah. I, I don't ever feel like he did that or does that. I don't, you know, I don't associate. No, him with it's that. interesting that you say that a lot of his stuff talks about, you know, the, the real issues of the world, mm-hmm. because I don't remember ever thinking that he was that guy, but I knew that he was just the good example of like he was just a he was just an amazing musician who was also held up as some sort of good role model, which is probably institutionalized racism in my head. 
where he was just like, you know, oh, he's one of the good ones. And you're like, well, fuck you. But, uh, but it's just like, but it's good to know that, you know, that because he's, it's cool because he's, he's been an inspiration to so many generations at this late date. Right. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's, and, and I love that he's still alive and I hope he's painting. I would love or, that. I, yeah. I hope that he is also a gardener, right? Like I hope that he is expressing his creativity and refilling the well, as they say, as they say in, in the artist's way, uh, <laughs> in some other way. And then he will do an album. Like if he's just doing singles right now, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like he's living check to check. The guy is fine. He's doing right? just fine. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think his, I think his royalties are, they're paying for things. Yeah. And, um, like Motown, that was that is a Detroit label, right? Motortown. Yep, that's Mo, right. Mo, yeah, Motor City. Motor I'll be City. over here knowing things. <laughs> and uh, but You're he's it's so it's so fascinating to me that he um, that he grew up there. Is Ray Charles older than he is? Yes, significantly older. And Ray okay. Charles died, I think. Oh gosh, I don't know what year. Several maybe years ten, back. ten years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. And because I know that he had a, yeah, because I think the Ray Charles movie was about, I think, him playing in the 40s and 50s. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. so he would have been significantly older. Yeah, that makes sense. And what a specific if niche. You, <laughs> Go ahead. If you had to pick eight favorite songs, could you? I could. I could tell you them right now if you wanted to know them. That's oh, I do. Good. I do. Okay. Number one is For Once in My Life. That's my, t- that's okay. my top. Number two is Isn't She Lovely? Mm-hmm. Number three is if your love could not be moved, which y'all or cannot be moved. Y'all should listen to that. That's a great song. Um, four is overjoyed, which you for sure have heard. Okay. Five is superstition. You have also for sure. I've, heard. Heard, I've even heard of that song. Yeah. Yes. Six is sign seal delivered. I'm yours. Sure. Seven is I just called to say, I love you, which is such a fun, lovely song. Right. And, and then eight is as I don't, that's not as well known of a song, but you would know the melody if you heard it. Okay. My top eight. Uh, I would, would you be willing to make a Spotify list and send it to me? Absolutely. Girl, anything to get him some heat. Yes. Because if that brings me some attention that he might marry me, I will do what you need me to do. (laughs) Whenever we do uh, a musical uh, thing, I always ask for a song list of eight songs, just eight. So that I, uh, and the thing with Stevie Wonder, I'm sure five of them I will sing along with as soon as they come on. But it I will hope. be nice to hear the other three. That'll be kind of exciting. Yeah. And I think that, you know, some of his his newer stuff doesn't get as much radio rotation because it wouldn't necessarily be considered an oldie. Like if your love cannot be moved, I think that was on like a 2000 something album. And so it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, it's not it, it was like that. As love, oh, I cannot remember the name of the album, but it's it's so he's that wouldn't necessarily be an oldie. And so yeah. it's like where he fits in that. And also he owns a radio station in Los Angeles and he, oh, he, yeah. And I cannot remember the numbers of it. I should know it. And I don't. Does he play his own songs? Sometimes, which I love. Good for him. Yep. Yes. I'm like, this is your platform, sir. You do you. Right. Yeah. And I have to tell you that there is a, a serious XM channel that is dedicated entirely to Elvis Presley. Interesting. And there should be one dedicated. Uh, if he has 30 albums. 30. Yeah. There should be no problem. And uh, with, with having a, uh, a Stevie Wonder 
or even a Ray Charles, which is what I almost accidentally said. <laughs> well, or they're both blind. a Billy Joel one. I don't care. Good. It should be any number of things. You know what there should not be? A Harry Chapin one. That guy wrote a sad sack song, man. Uh, I loved him so much in college. That's because I was a little depressed for what? about four years. And uh, <laughs> if you want to be depressed, you're, you should listen to some Harry Chapin. Okay. Because that guy, talk about telling a story, and it isn't a positive one. It's a sad story. Nobody about lives. Some, uh, slice of Life, Taxi, Cats in the Cradle. These oh. are two very famous Harry Chapin songs about people that have made terrible life choices. They're always some song where it's just a bad idea. Um, what? So uh, we're almost at an hour. So okay. are there are there stories you want to tell? Are there things that you have not told me about, uh, uh, Mr. To Stevie think. Wonder? Um, marrying him, concerts. Um, I, you know, I just, there's not necessarily a story I can think of, but I will say that when I have, I have dated some relatively, uh, uncreative, although that's probably unfair. Shout out to all my exes. May they be blessed and move on. But <laughs> those gentlemen, uh, thank you next. Thank you. It's next. Okay. Hardcore. But they have, you know, when they want to be like, come up with a, you know, creative gift for me. They'll do, they'll find out what my favorite movie is or my favorite whatever, and they'll do that. Not one of them, none of all of the dudes I have dated has ever done anything in relation to Stevie Wonder. And you can't keep that dude's name out of my mouth. Now, granted, I'm not like every day like Stevie Wonder, Stevie Wonder. I'm not an insane person. Well, I'm a little insane, but I'm not like that insane. Yeah, he's been in the conversation. Yes, and it's, it's probably playing in the background a fair amount of time. It for sure is most of the time. So these, <laughs> these hints, they are not subtle, Jackie. They are not subtle. And no one has ever done anything. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be a brat. Like, I'm grateful for every gift I get. But like, yes. you can't give me a t-shirt Aww. that says I love Stevie. Well, you, like, you, there, nothing, nothing. So I would say like, not a story, but an energetic request for anyone that dates me in the future, do something clever with my guy before he, you know, shuffles off the earth and this mortal you know, coil. This mortal your coil. Your friend who the, your friend who brought you to the to that show. Yeah. Um, that was incredibly thoughtful. Yes. That yes. was like someone who gets you mm-hmm. and was like, "This might blow her mind." And Let's it did. See if it does. And it did. And it did. It did. Yeah. And it was the other thing about that was that was so lovely is because of where we were seated, there weren't a ton of people around us because we were just kind of up. So we got to dance the whole time at that concert. And that's, you know, that's my favorite shit. And so dancing to my future husband whilst he serenaded just me and no one else and told me how lovely I was, Um, which, oh, you know what? I will tell you this because most people don't know this. Another reason that I absolutely love him is because Isn't She Lovely wasn't about, uh, you know, his wife or a girlfriend or whatever. It was about his daughter. And he wrote it like the second she was born. He like saw her and then he was like, isn't she lovely? And so when I listen to it and I hold that in my head, it doesn't take much to make me cry. But when I listen to it and I think he wrote this for his daughter, I'm just like weeby mess still. And I've heard that song 600. Now, how many kids does he have? Oh, you got me on that one. I got to look that up. And how um, long has he been married? Well, he's been married three times. God bless. And then four will be me. So he's, <laughs> you know, he's got to say goodbye to Tamika. So you're not, you're not taking him from the love of his life here. The guy no. is uh, clearly a serial monogamist. Well, and he willing, has. willing to be married several times. Okay. So uh, this is a good button. 
Wonder has nine children by five different women. So. Oh, there you go. So he is potent. Potent. <laughs> he is a very potent gentleman. All right. Much like Nick Cannon, we know that his situation works and that he can, you know. Right. He, he can propagate. Yeah. Uh, and uh, h- how many boys, how many girls? What does he got going on here? Um, let's see. I do not see the break. Does he have a Stevie Wonder Jr.? Uh, or even most... a, a junior junior like the second maybe you could yeah i don't see that musicians on what's their jam that's yeah, the they... real question um a couple i don't there's not a lot of info on them but um i will say that um his dot his daughter aisha morris was the one that that she was the inspiration for isn't she lovely and she was born in 1975 Oh, she's now a okay. singer who has toured with her father and accompanied him on recordings, including his 2005 album, A Time to Love, which is a great album that uh, uh, Your Love Cannot Be Moved is on that album. Wonder in Simmons. You know, what's interesting is that most of these kids are named Morris. So if he had them with five different children, well, he, he decided was... to stick with the last name. His second, um, his second wife he was with for a long chunk of time. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So Did she was... pass away, maybe? Uh, no, he... <laughs> moves on they might have parted yeah they parted (laughs) they parted yeah yeah well it's uh it's lovely that uh that he has uh, a lot of children around him in his twilight years that's you know like i think about my dad and how he uh in uh in my life with his children he has not always been there he has not always he's been there financially he, he was always that he was a fifties kind of dad sure. where he's like, I got to go, but here's my check. Uh, I'll be right back. And uh, don't forget to raise the kids. I'll be, no, going to be <laughs> I'll see right you in 20 back. years. Uh, I'll talk to them when they have something to talk about. I don't want to talk to them. They're children. I don't want right. to. It don't make sense. So, but now that we're all adults, we're pretty much, you know, we're, we're, everybody calls them. Everybody keeps in touch. Even my brother, Scott, who hadn't talked to him in like 25 years, showed up around five years ago when he was on his deathbed and then did not die. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, my brother Scott was like, all right, all right, I'll go see him. And, uh, and so he went and saw him and then he didn't die. And my brother Scott's like, no, I did the thing. I'm good. <laughs> so that I was, need to. ain't that a bitch? I, I did it. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. I did it. <laughs> it's fine. I've seen all of you. We don't need to talk. It'll be, it'll be all right. We'll be connected on Facebook enough. And uh, and he's my brother's got very cryptic about his own health all the time. Anyway, but uh, so it's nice that uh, Stevie Wonder has uh, has many children, and it looks like they're good looking people. Yeah, maybe you could marry a child. Of Stevie <gasps> Wonder. I didn't even think about that. Now, would it be weird? That might be more age appropriate. I mean, probably. However, I feel like. If if ultimately I was like I I had these like weird aggressively sexual feelings for your father mm, I don't know I mean right they a, may not be interested in you <laughs> is where it may all fall apart there it's just uh, right it's just right if you were attracted to my dad and wanted to get with me that would be weird right that would you are correct yeah that would be super weird but I appreciate the the focus now I'm gonna look all the kids up and be like who can I holler at I, like I mean I'm a bit of a matchmaker i'll I like see what it. i can do <laughs> thank <Sure>. you <laughs> uh by the way kate gaffney it has been an hour it has been a delight having you mm-hmm. on the dork forest what a fun pleasure to be on thank you thank you stevie wonder plug and play man this was a very quick hour by the way <laughs> yes it was uh and then 
Uh, you'll send me a list of eight of your favorite songs of his and uh, via Spotify. I will repost that. Amazing. And Rangers, you'll get to listen to Kate Gaffney's, uh, the Kate Gaffney's uh, favorite eight Stevie Wonder songs. And feel free uh, to email me how much you love this episode because she would love to hear that. Oh, I would. Anyway, uh, you guys, you know the rules out there, Rangers. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?